Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the second half of the first episode with Caitlin Worlinger, when a therapist and a healer walk into a bar. So if you didn't already, go back and listen to the first half of the episode. We really talk about why you're attracting the kind of relationships you're attracting, the partnerships that you're attracting, the friendships that you're attracting. And in this half of the episode or this half of the, the conversation, we really go into how to actually remedy it. How do you change it? How do you make changes in your life for the better? So have a listen. Mm-hmm. Because if you're saying I'm not happy, even though they're a very great person, something outside of you says you should settle. Right. How selfish that you should want more than they're just nice. There are lots of nice people that still do not meet your emotional, physical needs. Right. You know, and so to look at a relationship, to look at a partner and to be kind of picking some of these people and you're like, well, they're nice. Well, that's great. It has nothing to do with their personality and that whether they're nice or not. Mm -hmm. It has to do with, do they see you? And do you make that effort to actually see them? Exactly. So, and that I, that's actually a really good segue. And this is probably something we can address in another episode. But I was talking to another therapist about this idea of practicing love at eye level. Mm-hmm. So instead of looking down on our partners, I, like I hate the expression, this is my better half. Oh, same. I hate it. As if I'm not whole on my own or I'm... I'm the worse half. Is that what that means? Right, like right. I'm, I'm the lesser of like, the halves. I'm the Danny DeVito in this twins and he's the Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know. I don't understand. Okay. I understand most people aren't old enough to get that reference. It works. But you guys look it up. Yeah. Look it up. So I'm going to need you to write down the analogies and all of the movie titles that I list because these are things that you should just know. And again, I know as a therapist, you should never say should because then you should all over yourself and then it's just not a pretty sight. But, but we're shooting. I'm going to strongly encourage that you follow my movie recommendations because all the shit on Netflix is garbage except The Witcher, which is really great. <laughs> and 1883. Well, that's not on Netflix. Anyways, sorry. Long story short here. Um, but we were talking about um, what it means to look at eye level. And so oftentimes we put our partners on a pedestal and we gaze up at them and look, look at my deity at of a partner. Look the thing that I, yes. I have. Like, yeah, they're so great. Yeah, look how wonderful they are. Like, oh, I don't know how I got so lucky. And then that person in turn can do nothing but look down on you and be like, mm-hmm, remember how good you have it? You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and I that's really just wish you could have done that. <laughs> if you could see us in person, the, the like hair stroking, it's lots of jazz we, hands. We are videoing it, so maybe maybe we'll see that on YouTube. Um, so it is so lucky. It is, and so we we were actually we were on a plane. We were just like bullshitting back and forth, and it's like, well, I don't want someone that I look up to, and I don't want someone that I look down to. I want someone that loves me at eye level, someone that is my equal. Right. And so that kind of. Um, brought us to this phrase that I like to use, especially with anybody that's dating or anything is, um, there's height requirements to dating. There's height requirements to partnership. 
So give me a second here. So if you have ever been to an amusement park, there are those little yardsticks with little like little inch marks. Yeah, you, those things piss me off. Indiana Jones. Uh huh. He was literally like, when, you guys, when I say a quarter of an inch below, and the guy was like, no, he is not tall enough. I was like, I'm going to go upside down. We just waited in line for two and a half hours. <laughs> Somebody else sit with my son so I can ride the ride, right. which is like a glorified paint mixer. Let's be real. Because <clears throat> the kids don't like, the kids want to get on it, and then they get on it, and they're like, <laughs> churro belly. Um, so yeah, so if you've ever been at an amusement park, Disneyland, Six Flags, whatever, there's always the height marker and they measure the kids. And the kids do what? They cry when they're not tall enough to ride that ride. But there's reasons for that. There are safety requirements for a reason. So I don't know how they figured out that 48 inches. For, if you are 47 and three quarters, I want you to know it is not safe for you to on Indiana Jones. There's something happens in that magic right. quarter. Yeah, there's some that, that little that little quarter inch does not qualify you for the Incredicoaster at California. It just doesn't. So when you see that kid crying, do you do you feel bad? No, because that height requirement is there for their safety and for mine. If I have to sit behind that 47 inch and three quarter kid and he dislodges from his seat, my maternal yeah, my maternal instinct is gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna grab it, like I'm gonna get him. There's gonna be like that lift the bus string. Right? Like, I, like you're like, I will unbuckle myself, and you're like, also not safe, ma'am. Right. Also not safe. Which isn't fair. That probably says a lot about like my hero complex, like my, my <laughs> like white knight syndrome. But nobody feels bad because the rules are in place for a reason. So I like to translate that into your dating life. You wouldn't apply for a job that you didn't meet the requirements for. I'm a therapist. I don't know shit about shit about plumbing. So if Culligan had a job opening and they were like, well, we're going to pay $200,000 for you for plumbers, I'm not going to go as, as much as I would love to have that paycheck. I know I am not qualified for that job. So in a world where, what's 80% of people are meeting on dating apps? Oh, yeah. And there's literally an algorithm to what you want. Yeah. Do you guys notice, too, what's interesting, I found, a, so if you guys also don't know, uh, my fiance and I met on Bumble. So there is also an algorithm for these apps. They show you people that they think you're going to like. So if you're showing all of your trauma and you don't even know it, of course they're going to suggest people that just stroke your trauma's ego. Right. Like, who's a good girl? Yeah. Oh, like, who's a good enabler? Me. I'm a good enabler. I do it mm. Yeah. Just scratch, from just scratch that G-spot a little bit for me. That's all we're looking <laughs> for here. But so that's kind of what it is. And it's like, how tall do you have to be to ride this ride? I am a six foot tall woman. You are also a six foot yeah, tall woman. We are, we're the same. We, we look eye to eye. This is how we came we, up with this analogy. You guys. Like we have this. Shalane and I always practice love. We've kind of had to practice love at eye level. <laughs> Just, because neither one of us are willing to not wear heels. Exactly. So. Right. We're like, you got four inches. I guess I'll, I, I'll commit. Um, but even that, like, why are, like, you, you, even in your friend circle, like, if there's some girl who's always toxic and who's always bitching about the same shit. Maybe she's not tall enough to be your friend. Come be with the tall girls over here. Like, you can sit with us. Right. That's okay. And so I think that's the biggest thing that kind of, in a world where we literally have everything at our fingertips, why are we still not being honest with what our height requirements are? It's, it's, that's one of my favorite memes. Is he hot or he's, is he just 6'5"? Oh, 100%. Right? Because every I mean, Matt's like, hot and 6'5", yes. so you got like well, the... Well, he's only 6'3", <laughs> okay, but well, still tall enough to ride this ride. Yes. <laughs> he passed all the safety he requirements. He passed all the safety requirements. But, even, but that's kind of what we're looking at here. And so when the next time you're filling out Bumble, or, the, or actually maybe open your Bumble app right now and 
Be transparent. If you do, if you are looking for a relationship, stop saying, I want to just meet people. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want a relationship. Who has that and kind of time? Well, not only that, when you're saying things like, I'm just looking to see what's out there, blah, blah, blah. If that is not truly how you feel, you are attracting people who are not a vibrational match for what you want. And so you are not getting what you want because you are not saying what you need. So instead, change your Bumble or your mm-hmm. Tinder or whatever you're doing. Change it to be like, I'm looking for a committed relationship. If you are not interested in seeing each other at soul level, I'm not looking for more friends. I got a good friend group. Right. If you're interested in something more than water cooler talk, come find me. And if you don't have a good friend group, get off the dating apps. Go on Meetup. Go join a hiking group. Go to a yoga class. Go find people that share the same interests as you. And guess what? I guarantee all of them have a single friend somewhere. Oh, 100%. And that way you can meet people organically and and around people that you actually like. Well, and again, when you're trying to attract something that you're like, hey, I am really into archery. I really love it. I do it on the weekends. I love to go hiking. I love to be outside. Like Just this like Katniss Legolas vibes. Meow. Why do you go practice by yourself? Or you go by yourself and you don't talk to anybody? Like, join a club because... Those types of people, it's kind of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you're like, hey, I want somebody who, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I work a lot. That was part of, Matt and I always, uh, one of his sayings that a friend of his said to him, and he's like, I've always, he's like, it never dawned on me. Matt's my fiance. If you've never listened to another episode, but um, he's like, nine to fives do not date all the times. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, your business is kind of your baby. You do think about it often. You think about all the different dynamics of it. And you're often wearing a lot of hats. So when you're looking for a partner, you're not looking for necessarily somebody who just leaves their work at home because they don't understand that Friday at five o'clock does not mean I'm off and I don't look at anything. And I don't, I don't want somebody who's pissed at me for looking at my phone, who's pissed at me for wanting to, I have six hours of downtime on a Sunday. And I want to, you know, kind of brainstorm some things for my business on my own for a couple of hours. Like, understanding the dynamics of what you actually desire in a partner. And so I always give suggestions like write down how you actually want to feel in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You don't want somebody who's six, five, just because of their height. What does the height symbolize? The six, five feels protected. It feels safe. Right. You feel small and not in a small way where you're cowering, but small in in a way that you're like, I know that this person has my back. But I would also explore the reason of why you, need to feel safe. Again, it's one of the three questions. It's when did you feel loved? When did you feel safe? When did you feel useful? So if you, I don't know if you're in like some kind of weird gang fight all the time that you need a big one to like be there to take care of you. Right. Um, but, or like how often you're not able to fight your own fight, but maybe why not physically, <laughs> maybe emotionally, but all the things. that's kind of the point is that there are, and that's the other part. Do you know, there are specific dating sites there's big people meet, there's tall friends, there's farmers.com, there's there's clowns, there's, clowns, there's, a, clown there's a clown one. There's one for people that have specific, there's there's one for terminal illnesses. There's an actually a dating website called Till Death Do Us Part that categorizes oh, people. I, I know, it. people will make money off of any fucking thing, right? But it's not a play on But words. it categorizes people by their diagnosis, their prognosis, <laughs> and how long they have left. There is somebody who has thought of everything. So if those people can do it, so can we. Why, what, who, what's his name? Neil, Neil Patrick Warren, whoever it is from eHarmony or whatever, who predicts all these things. Oh, I don't know. 
he's the person that decided that these are all the things that systematically equate to a good match to a good marriage interesting i would love to know about his marriage right (laughs) but that's kind of the point is that well most are are most of us looking for marriage anymore no most of us are looking for instagram worthy photos and a, a cute pinterest board most of us are looking for something that looks great on the outside well guess what that's not sustainable well i would say most of us are finding Right. Instagram worthy and Pinterest. I right. would say that most people are not seeking that. You want something that you could get off social media and you would not give a fuck that nobody liked your picture of you with your hand stretched out over the ocean and they were holding your hand. Which let's be real, that's probably me holding your hand. So But that's and that would be like, oh, I don't want to take photos, I do that for a living. Exactly. But but what you're seeking is often not what you actually want. So if what you're sharing and what you're speaking, one of the best, one of the things that, that for me, at least when I met Matt, is um, I wrote down exactly what I wanted in a partner, but also I kind of, I stopped looking at it like dating, like I was finding love. I was interviewing for people who I might be interested in entertaining the idea right. of a relationship. So it was... Well, I will. I was not doing drinks anymore that they were hoping would lead to something more. I was like, we can meet for coffee. We can go. You can come to my yoga class. I teach. We can get. get you can get sweaty in the yoga class. Yeah. I was like, by yourself on your mat. Right. I'll give you a hug afterwards. Maybe yeah. if I. But you can still if, watch me downward dog. Right. And then I can. But, and then I can correct for, your form. Except for not because I'm the teacher <laughs> and I don't model. So. Shh. You know, nothing humble nothing humbles you like that little like spine correction like <laughs> can you get a little deeper no okay this is over i'll push you there that was your free trial um but even that i or even i would question you to write down what you never had so the people that were missing or do have trauma or do have those things that like well i never had everybody's everyone's like oh she's got daddy issues or oh he's got mommy issues and it's like okay well what didn't you have in a parent? What didn't you have in a relationship growing up? Or what were you always envious of? Write those things down and figure out what that serves for you. So if you always had a, if you always had a dad that was home at dinner every night and you really liked that, you liked that, that rigid, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, predictable. If you were looking, if you like predictability, if you like the honey, I'm home, Okay, well, again, you're going to look for a nine-to-fiver. You're right. not going to look for someone who, who's... Who, who works night shifts sometimes. They can be called in. They're not going to be a nurse or a doctor right. or a surgeon because their schedules are volatile. Right. And that, to you, creates uns, un, a feeling of instability in your relationship because when they say, hey, I have to stay longer at, you know, whatever, I'm going to cover so-and-so shift, you're going to be like, fuck, this feels like abandonment. Right. So one of my favorite things working with the population that I work with um, is when I went to, I would go around and doing my research and I would go into a fire station and I went into a station that um, the captain had just come off of an academy, an academy drill. And he said his number one piece of advice to incoming rookies was if you are, if you are not dating an alpha male dumper. And I thought, or alpha female, alpha male or female. I mean, whatever. Very, yeah. If you are not dating an an alpha dump them because betas don't survive because yeah he goes because the nature of this job is you aren't available you are physically removed from your home if the water heater breaks you can't run home to fix it you have to have someone who knows how to handle the emergencies and who can handle these things on their own 
again, that that is a true partnership. That is when you're not here, I can take over. And I thought that was really telling for the profession because I think about my family growing up with my dad in the military and he was gone. My mom didn't have anyone else. We were overseas. It was just her. She didn't have her family down the street. She didn't have an uncle or anybody that she could call to come help her. She had to figure it out or she had to feel comfortable enough to have, you know, a handyman come and and do the work. And and that's the thing is, if you're looking at that, like, again, it's not saying you have to do it all. It's saying that you feel comfortable if your partner is not home. To delegate. To delegate and allow those who can help you into your home, even if that means a stranger. Right. Because I do know some partnerships that they're like, I don't allow any, like they don't, they don't take any FedEx packages. Mm -hmm. They don't go to dinner. If their partner cannot go to dinner, they right. do not allow any home repairs while their partner is not home. Right. And so it's really telling of either your past experiences mm-hmm. or how you feel about that exchange of having somebody come help you that is not your partner right? that you feel safe with. And isn't that so crazy that there would be such rigid restrictions over allowing help from the outside mm-hmm. to something that's supposed to be, again, love at eye level, right? Yeah. Like if we're at this true partnership and we're, we're so equal, how does that, how does that work? Like, well, I can't even accept outside help for something that I, again, I'm a therapist. I'm not a plumber. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to wait around for, you know, Mr. Gettle to come, but I did, I can do my own toilet. I did do that all by myself. (laughs) I did fix my own toilet, but that's, that's where, that's where it's at. And I thought that was so great because I do remember growing up thinking like, gosh, how does my mom do all this? But that's also translated into myself as an adult now where I feel like, I have to be able to do everything. So for my own height requirements, it's somebody who knows that I can do everything, but wants to help me. Or, or takes that initiative to do right. it so that you don't always have to. Right, so finding someone that anticipates your needs. And I think, I think especially there are so many single moms, and I know this has been an experience for you also now that you have Matt, is that it is so nice to have the help. It is. And then after a certain amount of time, it's like, it's you not that you become dependent on it, but you it's it's not dependent. They are dependable. Yes, very different. And Matt and I talk about it all the time, um, and I share with him kind of my state of gratitude because I ran a lash business for many many years, and it was extremely thank you by successful. the way. You're welcome. That's, that's actually how Caitlin and I met first. No. She was um, I was in her lap before I was at her side. Yeah, so. yeah. She I did her lashes for a long time, and I. Now, um, if, if you've listened to other episodes, you know I, and obviously if you're here, like, you know, I do energy healing um, and all sorts of other alternative wellness modalities um, in school for my PhD for integrative medicine. And so none of those transitions would be possible if I did not have a partner, not because he paid for me to go to, like, and that's, I think, where people have that misconception is that. Financially, I was fine. I was making plenty of money. I had freedom of time. I had employees. Like I had a lot of things that people desire, but the career did not fulfill me in the way that I wanted to be. That I that it no longer felt fulfilling. Right. And so, as our lives started to merge, I was really interested in things that had become a hobby to make more of a profession to help people deeper than what I was helping them at the point that Mm -hmm. point. And there was there is no way. I would be able to, especially now, both my kids, I mean, we even talk about both my kids play a sport. I used to have a rule that only one kid could play a sport at a time because I could not take kids everywhere, work all the time, take any time for myself because I have, I have my kids full time. I've never 
been a parent that my kids were ever had a co-parent I never co-parented ever so I had my kids seven days a week 24 7 so you know have any type of life for myself have any type of I mean between work and kids shit like I was like I cannot both of you cannot be in a sport at the same time because it's I can't guarantee you that you'll get anything it'll be such a uh, a waste it'll also feel extremely stressful for me because I'll feel like I'm letting down commitments and I don't want to model that for you either I want you to follow through on commitments and you also don't want to feel resentful about your children finding their passion right and have them feel like it weighs them down it weighs you down right or that we can't do that because I made promises that I can't keep right so I mean for to have Matt come into the the picture really allowed us that if both kids wanted to do a sport at the same time it was the agreement that they can do it if we both because we could both help I could go back to school But that would mean that there are some times that I'm unavailable because I have to get schoolwork done Mm -hmm. or that as I transition, these things change. But the difference is, is before when I was dating, it was very much um, what I would say, what needed to be said in order to keep the person there Mm -hmm. in order for them to uh, want to spend more time with me, want to, you know, I, I you wanted to, you wanted to see, and I, I think, I think, I think I can see where you're going. Like to, to still maintain desirability. Yes. And that you were, it was convenient to love you. Yes. I was like, it was so difficult for me to share what I actually truly wanted from my partner because if I shared that, I was afraid that they would leave. Mm-hmm. And because time and time again, it had kind of been proven that as soon as I said I wanted something more or whatever, mm-hmm. we're like, well, I'm not ready for that. So why am I attracting those people who are always not quite ready for that? Really not ready to actually make that commitment and make that jump. And this is kind of where the, the kind of two pieces of nugget of wisdom that we want to leave you with is that the biggest, at least from my perspective, the biggest thing that you can do to start attracting the type of partner or the type of friendships or anything in your life is to be fucking honest right stop pussyfooting around what you actually want right stop saying on your profile that you're just looking for friends looking for a good time looking to get to know people if what you want is a committed relationship stop doing these things that really deny you and put other people at the forefront because what continues to happen then in those relationships is you continue to deny your needs and what your desires are and what your needs are in order to put other people first. And then what happens is resentment. And I will tell you, I learned that, you know what resentment leads to? Cellulite. (laughs) So to avoid cellulite, (laughs) I mean, really, uh, like truthfully, one of my mentors was like, one of the byproducts of resentment, because your issues are always in your tissues. And I say that a bajillion times on this podcast, but you know, the energetic body, the emotional body, the physical body, all of those things are interconnected. So when you, you know, as we sit here and have this conversation, what we're really trying to share with you is that the best thing that you can do for yourself and for your future and for really feeling like you belong and that you're loved is to actually be honest about what you need. And here's the thing, as someone who has been on dating apps and profiles and all of those things, there is somebody out there like if you if you are not tall enough to ride this ride, guess what? Hey, there is a long line of people, and they are all some shape, form of Brian, Stephen, or Josh, and they all spell it differently, and it doesn't matter because who who cares? There is somebody out there for you. There are seven billion people on this planet. If you are stuck, move. Yeah, and if, does it doesn't have to be a state. It can be like 
Stop getting on Bumble. Go out into the world where people right. are doing things. If you like outdoor shit, but you're like, I don't have a hiking buddy and da da da. Meetup.com. Meet up, well, I'm not even that. Go to indoor rock climbing. Kind of similar. I mean, that's like in the same things. Okay, but I got really hurt last time we went. Well, so that felt like to a be date. Fair, <laughs> to be, I was like, whose fault was that? I did not okay. come prepared. Because I didn't know what the height requirements were for rock climbing. See? Now you know. So it is. But I think that that's kind of, that's, that is the, I think the biggest takeaway from learning what, how tall someone has to be to ride your ride. And you are worth the effort. If, but get to you do want the, somebody that's 48 inches. Because I will tell you 47 and three and quarters, quarters does not cut it. It will always feel. It will always feel short. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I think that's the biggest thing is just. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with what that looks like. And don't be afraid that you're going to be alone. If you're, there are, there's again, 7 million people. Somebody will love you for exactly what you are. And I really, truly hope that it's you first before it's somebody else. Because if you don't hold on to, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you want or what you explore, I have a saying, I have a saying for myself. I will try anything twice because maybe the first time I didn't do it right. And maybe the second time I'll do it better. And then I can make up my mind, right? Like, did this work for me? Yes. No. Done. Check the box. We're done. That's all that it is. Do that for yourself. So what were the three questions? I, when when did, was the first time I felt love? When was the first time I felt love? When was the first time I felt safe? When was the first time I felt useful? That's your homework. Do those things. And, and not only that, but the, the kind of second thing for me is actually once you n- recognize the pattern, you can no longer blame your parents. So once you see that you're attracting these types of people, once you see where it came from and some of the similarities, it's no longer that your parents did that to you. You now repeat this pattern on your own. That was a choice. Without them. It is now a choice. Mm-hmm. And that is a very hard truth when they're like, no, no, but it's just the way I was. I, the thing is your parents are not you and they do not live in your body and they do not make the choices for you anymore. They may have molded your glasses, your perception that you wear in the world, but they do not make the choices for you. You have always had agency. Right. Which means you also now have the choice. You now have a chance to choose differently. So if you notice that you're attracting the same type of partner, look at what you're bringing to the table, not just the person, because you recognize the person already is emotionally unavailable or married or whatever they are. Okay. So now if you want something different, you need to choose differently. And that means sometimes saying no. It means choosing yourself. It means setting boundaries again around, I'm not going on... I'm not going to meet you for a drink. Right. It's coffee or nothing. And if it's nothing, I mean, it's nothing great. I deuces. don't want you. Bye. And it better be like mothership coffee, oh, not yeah, like really good coffee. Oh, have you been to coffee class? Yeah, no. So I mean, they're not sponsoring us, but I really wish they would because right. they, maybe we can do our next episode there. I, I think it'd be too loud. But honestly, they're really great. <laughs> if you're ever in Las Vegas, Las Vegas like southern southern uh, coffee classes, a wonderful coffee shop, homemade pastries. They have like vegan pop tarts. Mm. That's the thing is look at when you know look at what Caitlin was saying the the three elements. When was the first time you felt loved? When was the first time you felt safe? When was the first time you felt useful? And that it's because it's a braid, right? Like everything kind of weaves into itself. So pick those things apart and see what the commonalities are. If if it is that hey my mom was an alcoholic and I was always cleaning up after her and that's when she told me I was a good girl, and then now you're a 
35 year old submissive who likes to be told she's a good girl and likes to ha- wait on someone hand and foot. Well, is that really what you want to do? I mean, we can get, we can do a whole other episode on kinks. That's my favorite thing to pick apart also, but it's really like, when did I feel like that? Well, I felt safe when I knew that she was inebriated. I knew she was, she was down. She was able to be subdued and then I was in control. So, so and that, and then the she's same types of dynamics as adults in relationships. Right. And so I would often, I would, I would challenge everybody, even if you're, even if you're in a healthy, committed relationship that feels good and safe for you, kind of just take inventory. What does that, what does that look like? And see if you see commonalities in what your partner gives to you now. And maybe you did break the cycle and give yourself a big pat on the back and a big hug and give your partner a blowjob and just say, you know, Hey buddy, thanks. That's cause that's how I talk to my partners. Like, Hey buddy, thanks. Who's a good boy. Um, but those are the things that you really need to try to hone down on because if you consistently, it's not that these people, another thing I hate is that, well, if you don't love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Well, guess what? Those two people are not the same people. The person that's loving me at my worst doesn't isn't the person who could love me at my best well and it's just like saying okay well you should you know i'm attracting you because of my trauma or you should only love my highest self right are you only you know like you when you put those things the thing is it's a you show up you are the same person right you're bringing all of these things to the table in different dynamics so it's not that it's that recognizing some of your worst is some of these patterns that you don't even oh <laughs> as a dog knocks over all the tripods. <laughs> and when you show up as your worst, it's not that you're like, I, I don't mean worse as an angry and all of those. You can have all of those emotional experiences. You want to find somebody who sees those and doesn't look at them as wrong. Right. Or work. Or work. And that on the flip side, you don't feel like you have to put on the face to always be good. Right. It's okay to be angry, and your partner is not annoyed. Your partner is not irritated. Your part- not that they can't be all of those things, but mm-hmm. it doesn't turn into something that I'm angry because of you, and now it's an argument. But here's the thing, and that's, again, where just to loop this all back, is that's where proper communication is effective. Yeah. So if you walk in, this morning, this morning I had a, I had a disagreement with my mom. And I was just short-tempered, and it was displaced anger because I was having anxiety about something else that was happening today. I knew, I'm a therapist, I knew what I was doing. I knew I was aware, I was self-aware. I was like, oh, this isn't really what I'm mad about. And I could properly communicate that to her. And I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm really anxious about this. So this other thing felt like a bigger deal. I realize now it's not a bigger deal. I'm sorry for my outburst. That's kind of where it lies, it's all communication. But if you're not being honest about what you, I want drunken noodles from Archie's for dinner. That's what I want for dinner. I don't want porta subs. I don't want a steak. I don't want mashed potatoes. I, don't want, I the want other this. Thai food place. I only want our No, place. I only want that place. And that's the thing. We live in a time where you can get what you want at the touch of your fingers. But when it comes to the apps, where does that all go? So yeah, someone can pop up and look like the tastiest snack you've ever seen. And then in person, you're like, this is not a vegan Pop Tart. This is that crumbly Kellogg. This is Which has a time and a place. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but when you think that you're having a homemade, like, um, it was like a... Like a... They had one, it was like a cinnamon pear with like walnut mm. combo. And you think you're getting that, and you get the gross 
blueberry Kellogg Pop-Tarts. Oh, yeah, no thanks. It's got to be strawberry frosted, first of all. Yeah, but I mean, brown sugar cinnamon sounds great, uh, but that's I'm, fine. Okay. Well, again, <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> but really, like, you're like, okay, if this is what I anticipated, this is what I said I ordered. If you ordered something at a restaurant and you were very clear and they brought you something else. You would send it back. You would send it back. Why do you not do that? And if you didn't, let's have that conversation. Yes. Have you ever been on a date with... I have been on a date with someone who literally ordered chicken and they brought him a pork chop. And he was like, it's fine. I'll eat it. Bitch, that's not what you ordered. Why? No. Send it back. Send it back. Well, I don't have to wait. Okay. And then again, as a therapist, I'm going to break it down. Why aren't you willing to wait for something that is what you wanted? Which is, I feel like, kind of rounds out this whole thing. There is time. There's time. It's, it's a, there's this illusion around time that you have to be married or you have to be in a relationship or you have to have kids or you have to have a dog or a fucking plant, for heaven's sakes, by the time this or you have to have a house. And it's like, when you really look at time and you look at everyone's life, everyone experiences things at different times. Right. And even in our history, what has been the normal age for having children has changed. Going from being 15 years old to getting married, if you married off your 15-year-old today, right. my daughter's 13 years old, I could not imagine her getting married in two years. No. No way. She's not ready. But 1940, great idea. Yep. Get her out of the house. She's one less mouth to feed. Right. So it's like understanding that some of these things that we construct, it, we construct it for ourselves based on what we perceive from our society. Right. Stop taking everything as Bible. Stop taking everything like, this is when things need to happen. Listen, I was like, 30, flirty, and thriving is real. (laughs) Like, you don't have to be 20 to feel youthful. You don't have to be relive high school. Weddings can be just as beautiful at 65, 70, 75 as they are at 25, 30, 40. You know, and it's like recognizing that everybody's timeline is different. The biggest things that you can do, I would, and this is what I always said to, I mean, to myself, I actually don't know if I shared it with anyone. But I was like, I think I did. I was like, I actually may have shared it with Caitlin, but I was like, I would rather be alone and happy. I would rather be single and happy than be in a partnership where I was miserable. To me, that's not sacrifice. It means that I chose what was my highest self, my highest desire was I was willing to wait for that happiness or not. I shouldn't say happiness. I was willing to wait that if a partner came along that truly felt like a partner, I was willing to wait for that. I would be happy in the in-between right? because I would rather do that than be miserable with somebody who literally just strokes my trauma's ego and makes me relive those moments day after day after day. That's one of my favorite TikToks is that people think they're competing with other suitors or people think that they're competing with other people. No, you're competing with me. I have to want to spend time with you. Like if for, for me to give up my, you know, you and I are both very busy people for us to carve out time to share with someone new, that's an energetic expense that I have to be willing to give or that I have to be excited to give. Because again, I could be at home with a weighted blanket, a vibrator, and an episode of The Witcher and be just fine. I'm sorry, you guys, it's so good. Henry Cavill is just uh, meow. I could just, just oh, perfect. But that's what Although, you're- Although com- <laughs> I feel like the wig situation on that entire series is not great, but maybe that's the cosmetologist in me. Right, I mean, all right, fair. 
fair. But it, maybe I have a thing where like I take it off and it, maybe I wear it for a little oh. bit. Like maybe well, that's okay, what so I'm going for. But that's the thing is that I have to be willing. How many times have you, it, there's a whole generation of people, especially now that are like, I live to cancel plans. So you, that's what you're Stop competing with. Stop making the plans. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what, but that's what you're competing with. You're not, it, yeah, you're competing with other people to get my attention, but to get my time is so different. So for me to want to like leave my pajamas and my weighted blanket and my magic wand to go have a vegan Pop-Tart with you at coffee class, you better be transparent and bringing your A-game because that's the only reason that's going to drag me out of my bed. Well, and that's what, if you're doing all of these things to kind of be at your space where you do actually feel like your best self, you do feel like I'm expressing myself emotionally. I'm telling you exactly what my needs are. I'm okay with walking away from something that seems half-assed and not exactly what I'm looking for. Then on the flip side, you do feel like your best self and exactly a true representation of what's showing up because they're showing up the same way. So it's like you've clearly communicated what you've wanted. They've clearly communicated. And that's the thing is honest communication opens up that space and makes the other person feel safe to also be honest. Right. So the more pretenses and the more bullshit that you put forward to people please and do all these other hoops that we jump through, the more that you attract people that are going to do those same things. So if you want to stop with like, they always play games. Play as play. Bitch, you're playing Yahtzee all the yeah. goddamn time. Stop, like, put the dice down. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Vegas joke? <laughs> but, but truly, they're playing games because so are you. And that's the hard truth. Like, mm-hmm. They're only playing because you're also not officially communicating what you want, need, desire, feel, and then are willing to hold the line on that. Right. And say, if you are not going to meet some of these needs, and I'm not saying be submissive, I'm saying I need, my, my love language is actually, leave me alone. <laughs> my love language is acts of service. But I also really do desire a lot of space partially probably comes from being a single parent for so long because right. I really enjoy my space. I, one of the most unattractive features is somebody who wants all of my time, mm-hmm. who needs constant affirmation. Yep. So if I'm finding somebody who is needy, it is the most repulsive thing to me. Well, if I don't say, hey, I appreciate that you want a lot of my time. However, this makes me feel this way. I have, and I take ownership. I have been a single parent for so long and I've met a lot of my own needs for so long that neediness, or I don't put it as neediness because nobody likes to be called needy, let's be honest. But. Well, why don't they like to feel needy? Let's talk about that. <laughs> this podcast is not long for all these options. But, but really, the, if I'm looking at they're constantly needing my attention. If I'm not honest that I don't have that to give, you're constantly going to attract those same things. Right. So being honest with yourself, being honest with them, allows the people that you actually entertain time with and spend this time with to be those kinds of people that you want. Not because they're this league of people that are magical that you suddenly found and they were hiding all this time, but because they were these people that you were unwilling you couldn't say yes to because you were saying yes to all of the people who are going to please you for the moment, who are going to sleep with you, who are going to, <coughs> excuse me, again, soothe your trauma. 
Yeah. Or give you the dopamine hit. Yeah. When you stop saying yes to the instant gratification, you start saying yes to long-term satisfaction. Not that they can't be both, but a lot of times you're so programmed for the one, you're not willing to wait for the other. So it is sometimes means that there is these bouts of feeling, lone, I guess, lonely mm-hmm. or feeling confused or questioning, am I doing the right thing? But it's like, again, I think, do you, would you rather be lonely right. or alone? I guess I, not lonely, but alone and happy that you're continuing to choose yourself and not allow, again, to date 47 inches yardstick tall, Right. not eye to eye people. Where you're constantly having to pick up the slack or constantly having to reiterate your needs that are continuing to not be met. Or are you willing to stay in your happiness by yourself to wait for somebody who's going to see you eye to eye? You know, and that's, I think, ultimately what it comes down to is taking responsibility for how you're showing up, which means taking responsibility for how you were raised. And then on the flip side, also taking that responsibility to communicate that to your partner. It's, it's kind of this trickle effect. I would agree with that. I totally had a thought and then I just kept talking. No, and I I can't loop it back. So I'm just going to agree. I'm going to agree with that. And and I think, again, just when did I feel safe? When did I feel loved? And when did I feel useful? And if you can't, if you don't know the answer, that's something to think about. Again, if you're, right. If you're in a committed relationship and you go to your partner and you say, the last, the first time I felt loved was this. What do you think about that? And if you're not willing to do that kind of work, you can't expect anyone else to do that for you. Nobody because is. Nobody can. No, and and that's the other part is everyone. I think a lot of people put these restrictions or these boundaries up because they think that they're broken. You are not broken. You are not a fixer upper. You are. Hol- no amount of trauma makes you broken or less worthy. Yeah. That is my biggest thing is that everybody is is always worthy of joy and happiness. Both of those things are choices though. You can choose to be miserable or you can choose to be happy. Not saying that, you know, there isn't, yes, I get their store-bought serotonin. Like if you can't make it, store-bought's fine. Ina Garten, got it. Cool. Great. There's substances for a reason because sometimes we just can't get there. Again, there's like no script shame here, but at the same time, are you, ask yourself before you do those things, are you doing the other work that could create those things naturally for yourself? I have a, I found it, it came back to me. <laughs> so I have a saying that I'm never bored and I'm never, I'm never bored and I'm never lonely, but am I fulfilled? So is me taking this time to spend with this person going to fulfill me? If I already know I'm only going to coffee because he's hot and like I want to get laid, that's something right. that, that's for myself. Like, hey, that's my transparency. Like if I'm like, you're fucking gorgeous and I'd really like to have sex with you. If that's my MO, that's my MO. But if I'm looking, if I'm wondering why I'm going home alone or why he's not spending the night, because- it clearly was not your MO then. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. So it is finding those things of why am I choosing this? Why am I choosing immediate over delayed? Because I guarantee you when you do the work for yourself and you present yourself holistically to someone else, you're not expecting them to fix it and you're not expecting, and they're not expecting you to fix anything. Right. That's the difference yeah. is that then it is, you're not alone and you're not bored and you are fulfilled. Great. Great. So I appreciate you so, so much. I hope you guys leaned. I feel like there were so many kind of, A, great metaphors. Okay? <laughs> great jokes. Um, but really a lot of just kind of wisdom and nuggets and again this episode is not necessarily for 
just those who are single, but when you look at relationships and different things like that, um, including friendships, if you struggle with a lot of drama and things like that, this all applies. It all really applies. So we're so grateful for you guys listening. If you really enjoyed this episode, please, please, please leave a review. It's really the only way that we can actually see, or I can see, who's listening, who's enjoying, and really, I'd like to give shout outs. I like to sometimes randomly give away prizes. And um, we're also like giving some really good recommendations for date spots. Yeah. I mean, I was like, listen, have you been to the coffee class? Okay. okay. Just a free Pop Tart would be nice. And, um, but also that, that if you're enjoying it, leave a review, but if you aren't already, please head over to Instagram, follow me at Shalane Carter. Um, and it really gives you this space to find and learn a little bit more about energy healing and given the context for therapy advice. Yeah. So it, it kind of brings it, wraps it all together like a, a little nice package. So, um, until next time, y'all, it was such a pleasure. We look forward to continuing the series when a healer and a therapist walk into a bar. Cheers.